for us at our church, obviously the missions conference is such a big deal to us. And so after the conference is kind of when our year starts, really, isn't it? Like January, there's holidays and all that sort of stuff. We have three weeks of February building up to the conference, which we had last week. And this is the first week we're really working into our theme for the year. Pastor Carol this morning, me this evening. And Pastor Jack said a good theme. I'm really looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on it. I'm talking about it tonight too. But it starts from um, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. And the part of it that we're looking at is, is thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So God's kingdom would come to earth as it is in heaven. You know, um, I, don't, I hope that's your prayer too. It's my prayer. That God's kingdom and his power and his authority would come into every facet of my life and my world. I pray that, honestly. Leading from that, you know, sometimes a lot of the time at church, it's about, um, about me and uh, I'm looking for my words here. Where is it? Uh, quite often today it's focused on us and to us and with us and for us. What can God do for, for, for us? But what about what can God do through us? Yeah. yeah? 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of of his knowledge in every place. Wow, diffusers. You know, I'm an electrician and we put a diffuser on a fluoro light because it's a little bit intense, but it froze light everywhere. And that's what, that's what this is saying here, that through Christ, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge through us to every, every part. Oh gosh, that's exciting that God's going to do that for, for, for me in our world. How do we do that? Through our worship and through our witness. And that's what we're going to look at tonight, that I worship God. I'm in awe of him because he is a lot mightier than me. He is more powerful than me. There's no name above his name. And through that, I can be a witness of what he's done in my life and how he's changed my life and how he stirs my life. I have a word today. I better just get my notes ready here. My word today... Is looking for Jesus, right? The world, I look at the world and I see Jesus there in our world and people are actually generally looking for Jesus. They just don't know where to look. They don't know what he looks like. And so I have conversations with people and I realise, you know what you need? You need Jesus. I know that. But they don't know that yet because they're looking for Jesus. They've got something missing in their life. And Jesus is what fits in that hole. Sometimes they find him in the places where they aren't expecting him. Maybe that's us. Maybe that's where they find him. I, I love in the movie Forrest Gump and, uh, and, and Forrest uh, has met up with his lieutenant from Vietnam and after the war, Lieutenant Dan, he's got no legs. They got blown off in the war. He's in a wheelchair now and Lieutenant Dan says to Forrest when they catch up again, all these guys down at the VA, the Veterans Association, all the guys at the VA keep asking me, have I found Jesus? Have you found Jesus, Gump? And Forrest goes, no, sir, I didn't know I was looking for him. And sometimes that's true. The people in our life don't even know they're looking for, for Jesus. But Jesus is their answer to what's going on in their life. I've got a verse. I'm going to read a passage, actually. 15 verses. Who likes reading the Bible? Yep, it's good. I do too. I'm going to try and read it as good as I can. All right. John 7, verse 1 to 15. It says, After this, Jesus travelled around Galilee, where he was from, he wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. 
And, and Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, Now is not the right time for me to go, but you go, can go any time. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to the festival because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. And in verse 10, it says, But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly, staying out of the public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking anyone who had seen him, asked anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him because the crowd, among the crowds, some argued, he's a good man, but others said, he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Verse 14 says, Then midway through the festival, Jesus went out of the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. Well, I'm sure you're wondering, where's Stu going to go with this? Uh, I, I, I've got a whole pile of truths here that I see for myself out of this, and I'm pretty, if, if God spoke to me out of it, I'm sure he's going to speak to you at it. Let me just pray as we go deeper into the word. Lord Jesus we thank you, Lord, that we can read your words and we can see truth. We just ask, Lord, that you'll come and speak your truth to us today. Stir us afresh. Open our eyes to you, Lord God, and let us feel your power and your presence, Lord God. Amen. Well, the first thing that I see in this passage, so we go back to the start. Oh, my gosh, I've got a lot of notes. Okay. If we go back to the start, in verse 2, it says, But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. Well, it was an interesting festival. No one missed it. It was an important festival for them. It went for seven days. It wasn't just a, hey, let's have a dinner together. Uh, let's have a one-night thing. No, seven days it went for. And what it was, it was about remembering when the Israelites came out of Egypt and they had to live in the desert. So they would build little shelters, portable shelters, and stay in that for the week. And I think from memory, Pastor Carol said you went there not that long ago and that was that time of year. So they're still doing it now, thousands of years later. Want to never forget that time that God met their needs in the desert, provided um, food, provided water out of a rock. Moses hit the rock and water came out, provided for them in the desert. And they never want to forget that. What do I take from that myself is that I never want to forget the past. If my witness needs to be my witness, then I don't want to forget my past and how I got here. So I just realised that uh, I reprinted my notes and I didn't put some of my stuff on there. So here we go. All right. Don't neglect the tough times in your life. It's going to be part of your witness. Never forget it. Sometimes we want to think, oh, that didn't happen to me or I'm not going to tell anyone about that. But man, we've got to remember what happened and how God came through in your life. How you were before. Who you were before is important. What happened to you before is important. And it shouldn't be neglected. We don't have to glorify that, our past, but we can always remember it and it can be used as our witness. You understand what I'm saying with that? The second thing I notice, we good? Everyone okay? Yeah, okay, cool, all right. The next thing I notice is that it says that Jesus' brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. 
you, you can't become famous hiding here, right? I know I'm from three brothers. Brothers can be tough. Brothers are your biggest critics, yeah? Brothers know you on a different level than what other, everyone else knows you. I have four boys, um, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I was going to pick on Ryan, but I won't. Um, okay, but we have four brothers and there's a pecking order. Other brothers will pick on each other. It's different than girls, I'm sure. I don't have any daughters, but I'm sure girls don't do that. They probably give each other cuddles and hugs all day. But, but boys don't. We have headlocks, we have yelling, we have screaming. We have all that sort of stuff. And, and so there'll always be a pulling in line of your brother. And that's how life is, yeah? And that's okay. But that's what's happening here with Jesus. They've probably heard all their life that he's going to be this great guy. And they're saying, come on, prove it. Show yourself. Go there, do all these amazing things that you're supposed to do. And I think, I'm sure that you would say, I've never done that to Jesus. Well, I think sometimes we do. I know I have. Maybe it's just me. Go, God, come up to my workplace. Do what you did before. Do what you did at Encounter. Or do that when you did this for me. You should come to work and do that. And I start dictating to God how he should turn up. It's craziness. Creator of the universe. And I'm going to tell him how he should turn up to my family things or my workplace. What? And God will come how he wants to come. I know he wants to, but he's not going to come how I think he should. Sometimes there's a too familiar part of my walk with God. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to worship him, then I'm saying I am subordinate to you. You are bigger than me. I, I, I want you to come to the festival, but I'm not going to tell you how you should go there. All right. Everyone's really quiet. I hope that means that you're catching something. <laughs> All right. The next thing I notice, the next truth, is that Jesus replied, um, now is not the right time to go, uh, but you can go any time. Wow. I don't know what that says to me, but it says that God is telling me to go. God is telling me to get out. I can leave the house and go to the festival. Just know that he'll be behind me somewhere. Jesus still went to the festival. Yeah, we read that. So if I'm going to step out like God's telling me to, I don't know, this is, to me, this is it's a good biblical principle that we all know, that God's telling us to get out and go. And I don't know about you, but I want to be that person that would get out and witness myself, yeah, about what he's done. The next thing I notice is that after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went through, this is verse 10, secretly staying out of the public view. Uh, another translation I read said, inconspicuously he was there. I don't know about you, but the amount of times that God has been inconspicuously around a situation that I, and I've felt him after the fact, or I've felt him stir me, or I've felt even just his touch on my shoulder, to know it's okay, calm down, because I can start doing things in my own strength very, very easily. <clears throat> you know, um, at the last Encounter Weekend, I'm going to open myself up here, but obviously I run the Encounter Weekends that we have here, the ministry weekends that we have, yeah? And uh, I'm right at the front, running the Friday night, and uh, I'd been to, we'd, our family had had three, um, sorry, four Encounter Weekends in a row, because we had Veronica at Encounter, our kids had a youth Encounter, I went to Encounter in Canberra that I was running, and now this is the fourth weekend in a row that we've had a very deep, heavy ministry weekend. Guess what? I get to Friday night. I'm looking forward to Saturday evening. Yeah, and so 
Sorry, I'm crying because I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> but I get up Friday night wanting God to touch people and change them already, that he would come and he would come into the room and people would already set up for the next day where we go a bit deeper. And, I'm, and I say, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God some questions and he's going to give you some answers. And I say, God, is there anything that's in the way between you touching me today yeah, and what's in the way, reveal it to us. And I'm asking these questions of people and God says to me, you are, to my head. As clear as I can hear it in my head, you are. I'm the thing that's in the way. What? I'm running the thing, God. I've been put in charge and responsibility of this. And I hear him say, you are. And I think, oh. And I say, we're just going to let God speak to you today and I step away. And there's a few guys that were here and they probably didn't even realise that I did that. But as I stepped away, Eric Rogovin walked straight up to me and says, I think God just spoke to me. Can I get up and say something? And I said, yeah. And he gets up and he just goes in the spirit, what the Holy Spirit's telling him, I was the thing that was in the way. I was starting to shut down the thing. This is the night finished. And God wanted to go somewhere else and I wouldn't have let it go there. Man, everyone's quiet. Are you thinking badly of me? I'm just trying to be honest here, that sometimes we can be the very thing that gets in the way because God's there in secret. He's there inconspicuously wanting to touch people, not because I want him that way, he wants to. Now, um, quite a few years ago, um, Veronica and I, obviously our kids are getting older, so we're spending time together again, that happens, you know, and... uh, we decided that we are going to go for a, a drive together for a day and uh, we left our house in Springwood and, and we drove up to Kurrajong and then went up to, on top of the mountain and came back down, you know. And, uh, and we go past this sign that says Mount Wilson. Now, and she goes, what's at Mount Wilson? I said, I, never, I don't know, I've never been there. It's funny, I was there last week. I worked there on Friday. That's weird, eh? I just know that sometimes God starts talking to me what's happening right now, but he reminded me of this story. And, and so we go to Mount Wilson and there's lovely bushwalks and lovely gardens there and, and we see this is the Cathedral of um, Ferns. Oh, okay, we should go to that. We go through this walk, we're walking through this bushwalk and then we see this person in the middle of the bush, in the middle of nowhere, hours, hours from, from where we live and there's a lady with a camera taking photos of the lovely ferns. And I, I said to Veronica, oh, heck, and, I, and I, we ducked down because I recognised them and it was Pastor Carol. <laughs> and she wasn't there as Pastor Carol. She was there as Carol Haynes, photographer, inconspicuously taking some photos, hours and hours from her house. And so are we, and there she is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Do you think that's funny? But isn't that kind of how God works sometimes? We're not even expecting him to turn up, but he turns up really powerfully, inconspicuous, and he works I've seen him do it time and time again in my life. It's funny, but in the story, as we keep reading, it says, verse 11, the Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking anyone if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him around the crowds, and it goes on and says people had some different ideas. But I find that really funny because everyone's trying to find him and he's there. Everyone's trying to find him and they can't find him. And like I just said, I really feel it as I... You know, are in the world, I'm working or whatever. The conversations I have, I just know that people are looking for Jesus, but he's right there. They just don't know what he looks like. He's right in front of them. 
the next thing I see, verse 13, this one got me a little bit. It says, But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. And I don't know about you, but that stirs me to say, God's calling me to be courageous, to speak publicly about what's happened to me and what's happening in my life. You know, um, obviously I work as a pastor here a couple of days a week, but the rest of the week I'm an electrician. And, uh, and everywhere that I work, I work for myself, I have for 25 years. Everywhere that I work, uh, everywhere knows that I'm an electrician. Okay? I'm a pastor. So everywhere that I work, they know I'm a pastor. Not every single person there knows I'm a pastor, but everywhere that I work, there are people there that know I'm a pastor. And that holds me accountable in some ways. Yeah? But it means that when I go there, I actually switch on to know, okay, I might have a significant conversation. And, uh, you know, we just did three weeks of fasting. And I realised that what happens when we do fasting, if you do it for real, you know, uh, we were fasting food, and, uh, you know, um, things get stirred up. Sometimes bad things. Sometimes good things. And I, I realised that through those times, over the years, I've been really attentive to that. Well, we finished on the Thursday, and then on the Friday, I'm at one of the work sites that I go to. And as I walk in, there's a guy that I've known for a long, long time. His name's Brad. And, uh, and he says, hey, are you here all day today? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you got time to have a chat? And I said, yeah. Guess what? I, that was a lie. I didn't have time to have a chat. But I just knew God had speaking to me, and I've just done three weeks of fasting, and so yes is my answer. I have time for you, yeah? And, uh, and, and so at lunchtime, we go over to the smoking area. And, uh, yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Brad. Um, you know, about five years ago, um, he, he was working there, and, uh, you know, he, he, he left. And, uh, and then in that time while he was gone, a whole lot of really tough stuff. happened to him um, he finds himself in places he didn't want to be family goes all that sort of stuff and uh, you know and now he's come back 18 months ago he comes back to this workplace where before he was in the office now he's on the floor working on the floor and uh, he has a cool job anyway but he's working on the floor completely different guy the guy I knew before I always got on well with him um, he looks rough and tough, um, could speak rough and tough. But now this guy is different. He's soft. He's willing to hear. The conversations I've had with him over the last 18 months have been very deep and strong. He's trying to get his life back on track. And on Friday, he says, can I have a chat to you? And we go over to where the smoking area is so we can have a smoke or a vape while we're talking. And uh, he asked me, he goes, uh, can I ask you a question spiritually, like in, in your religion? Um, how much ego, do you reckon ego comes into relationships and stirs things up? About looking after yourself, number one. And I said, well, okay, that's a cool question. And I said, you know what? Um, I asked him whether I could share this. Yeah, he even said, use his name. So I'm using his name. And, uh, and so I said, man, I think that God... Jesus would tell us, if you look at his pattern of his life, that he would humble himself and think of others bigger than himself, higher than himself, and that he would become, he came as a servant. And we start talking for half an hour, for a whole lunch break, we talk about that. Lucky I was fasting because I didn't eat. And, uh, and so then we went back to work. But as we're walking back to where he works, I just said, Brad, 
can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? And he says, yes. And so I put my arm around him and I just pray. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to him. I can tell that Brad's searching for something spiritual. He's looking for something bigger than himself. I believe it's you. Would you reveal yourself to him and start speaking to him? Touch him today, right? And then he goes back to work. That evening I get a text from him saying, Stu, thank you for always having time for me. Thank you for answering my tough questions. No one has ever prayed with me before. But I know I've prayed for him lots of times. But today was different. That day was different because I prayed with him. I stood alongside him. I put my arm on him, around him. Like I'm standing with you in the natural, mate, but we're going to pray to someone who I think is bigger and greater than us. The next day he texts me with another tough question on the Saturday. And uh, <clears throat> I won't say too much, but it was a very deep question. And we start talking about it. I sent him back a good message. And uh, he was talking about evil, I will say it. He was talking about evil around you and influencing your life. And I said, and he said, did that think that evil was getting into my soul? And I said, I think that evil would always want to wreak havoc in your soul. I think evil would always want to be around you. But I believe that it would be the time that that happens is when we draw close to God and we draw close to him and allow him to speak to us and protect us. Something along those lines anyway. That evening we're here at the conference and can I, are we cool talking about this, yeah? Okay, and then that evening Pastor Paulus has a verse on the screen and it was, it's Philippians 2, 3 to 11. It talks about Jesus humbling himself, taking, even though he was God, he didn't think of himself as God and he came as a man, humbled himself as a servant and I sent him that message and, and I said, hey, this uh, verse is good, you should read it. If you don't have a Bible, you can Google it. He said, I'll Google it, but I don't have a Bible. And I said, well, I can give you one if you want. Yes, can you give me one? So then on Monday this week, I took a Bible to work. I wrote in the front of it a cool message. Even highlighted my favourite verse. If you can, I'm sure you'll know because I say it all the time. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I highlighted it and gave the page. And we had a quick little read of the Bible. And I know that Brad's on a journey. And I'm really excited to be on that journey with him. Brad's here tonight, he came. Because I asked him whether I could share part of our conversation. And he goes, if someone's going to get help from hearing part of my story, then please let me come to what time does it start? And he's here. And maybe you can meet him later on. That's all good. I know he's on a journey and I'm happy to be there. The last couple of things I want to say that I noticed from this passage is at the end it says, Then midway through the festival, three days in, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. Jesus will reveal himself at the right time, in the right place. Sometimes that's in the temple. Sometimes that's in your home. Sometimes that's at work in the smoking area. Sometimes God will reveal him when he wants to. And the last little bit, the people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. I don't know, if if Jesus is working through us, then surely we're going to have wisdom that's beyond us really believe that God knows me better than I know myself. He knows my faults. He knows my strengths. And if he's really going to work through us, 
then surely his words come through us as well. And if that means that people are amazed, then they're amazed. But I'm hoping that they're amazed, not at what I would say, but what God would say through me. As I finish, and then I'm going to pray. The Bible tells us that it's through our kindness that people will come to repentance or turn to Him, yeah? Through our kindness. And if we're going to be a good witness and God's going to speak through us, then we've got to be kind to people. There's got to be a kindness that comes and it's bigger than us. That's got to be our, our fault. That's, our, that's our, our foundation is kindness. I want to be kind to this person. I want to stand with this person. I want to love them. Let me pray that over you today. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you've spoken tonight through me. Oh God, I know that you've stirred people's hearts today and you've spoken to them. Lord, I just ask that you would continue to grow that. Make that even bigger, Lord God. Let them hear your voice so strong. If there is things that are getting in the way from them, hearing your voice, Lord God, reveal them and take them away. Come in your power and come in your authority over all things, Lord God, over the enemy, over our own thoughts, Lord God. We just come against those things in your name and in your power, Jesus. We love you today. Amen.